0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Run.
1: I ran all the way home, do uh, do uh do uh Wait a minute, I forgot my
0: introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. Hi. Out now is a film podcast where Amy I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies we story spoiler-free review, the occasional commentary track, or some other film movie topic. This is episode 427. 427? Yeah! We did it! That's a good number. I like that one. Yeah, that
1: feels like, you know, uh, a strong cable TV number.
0: A strong cable TV number? Yeah. We're like, oh, no, we're ultra-premium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm saying right now... It's not been assigned for use by North America for area codes. Hey, you looked it up. <laughs> yes. It specifically says this is not one.
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to think about a different pivot as to like what we can do with these with these threes numbers now,
0: aside from area code. Well, you work on that. Um, will let okay. you know. Okay. But for, for for episode 427, we're talking Run, uh, the new okay. film from Anish Chaganti, the director of Searching, a uh, new thriller that we'll be getting into. Uh, very soon, but joining us for run we have from reviews from a bed and initial reaction. Getting a little too intense of his homeschooling techniques. It's Philip Price. Hey everybody! Thanks
2: for uh, for having me and honored to be a part of the Big Four Two Seven. Yes, of course. <laughs>
1: thanks, Philip.
2: It's the hear yeah, I mean... your voice again. Oh, I, I I'm so happy to finally, you know, be able to talk to you guys again, and that we
0: worked out a time to to do this, and uh, and a pretty cool uh, movie to talk about today too. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Good. No, yeah, I'm glad to have you back here for sure. As you've alluded to, yes, it's been sometimes we you know, we have a lot of guests we like on the show, and sometimes it's hard to get them back on, uh, mainly because of Abe. We, uh, that's not true. I'm kidding. Yeah, but, <laughs>
2: I, I, I just scare them off. We've got not quite the questions. time. The time difference too so you know
0: that that doesn't help either yeah vandy lives underground from greenland so it makes it really difficult <laughs> to find the right time greenland. yeah and, and the signal only hits it's ven- part of the year so <laughs> right it's, I was going to try to do some weird accent there, but
2: I probably end up offending somebody, so I'm not even going to attempt it.
1: I was like, I don't even know what the accent is in
2: Greenland. <laughs> you you would got me. It's similar to Iceland, I just went, obviously. I, 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 yeah, I just went straight to the guy in the cabin in Frozen. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sven? <laughs> that's where I – Not that's where, Sven, no, I,
0: Oh, not Sven. Yeah. You no, know, the guy The guy the that who runs sells. the shop.
2: <laughs> yes, that's where exactly where I would have went, so I don't know. If that would have even been close, but the that's shop, what I would the shop and the sauna. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> he plays a large role in the in the um, the Olaf uh, short. Like he, has a, he has a. That's
2: what I was about to say. You didn't watch Once Upon a Snowman, Abe? It's I did. Prim... Wait, is that, is that the one Disney that came for Coco that
0: was 20 minutes? No, that's, a, that's <laughs> Okay. That's like Olaf's Frozen Adventure, some nonsense like that. No, this is like a like a 10 minute short that just came on to Disney oh. Plus not too long ago.
1: I should probably I should probably watch that. I I need to catch up with
2: you guys so
1: you know, clear up the essential.
2: Yeah. How many times have you seen it, Philip? I was gonna say, and by essential I mean you have to see it 427 <laughs> times. Not coincidentally. <laughs> That's what happens no. when you've got little ones that love Frozen. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no. But anyways, now that we've uh, uh, I've you know successfully sidetracked you, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: never a sidetrack here. Anna and I watched it the once and then moved on with our lives. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it it you, you burned like into dogs. your memory that, that quickly, huh? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Let's get to some show notes. Um, first up, new commentary track. Every month we do a commentary track for this podcast. They're always a lot of Wait, fun. Wait, let me guess what it's for. Uh-huh. The taking of Pelham one two three. No, you're close. It no, is the, I mean, the second part of Tony Scott's unfortunately unfinished train trilogy, Unstoppable, um the final film from tony scott a lot of fun to talk about that film. we talked a lot about tony scott in general which was pretty cool because i think he yeah. has a fascinating filmography and style um and that's available now on itunes and everywhere you can find the show he's
1: certainly one of those like if you're second on desert alley which director's library would you want he's he's
0: probably up there because there's such a variety of and, his you know, film that's a good point like that is a they're very watchable. That's the other thing. It's not uh, hard for me to like put on multiple Tony Scott movies in a row because it's very—they're very entertaining movies to watch. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's our latest commentary track. It's on iTunes. Uh, speaking of which, you can go to iTunes. You can give us a rating and review if you'd like to. You can you can log on to iTunes, search for our show out now with Aaron and Abe, and be like, hey, that <laughs> that show could use some star ratings. And you click it, and there you go. You're done. And then you're like, wait a minute, write a review. I like writing. I have fingers. And, you know, other things that I can do to work on the <laughs> typing process. So here I, we go. I, I like how you have to manually tell
1: yourself to, to type things. Yeah. <laughs> and so there you go. You hit, you hit a few words and
0: suddenly you got a review on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a few letters turned into words, spaces. It becomes a paragraph. Five stars. Give us all the five stars. Also, if you want to write your own script on there, we will read it on the air in our own voice. Thank
0: yes, you. if you write full scripts into the iTunes review section of podcasting. We will read the full script, that's Even, sure. even if it cuts off, we're just going to read it where it cuts off. <laughs> See, we should do ads again, because we are so great at this part of the show, <laughs> like, we can really <laughs> nail some ad reads, I guarantee it. <laughs> Florsheim shoes. Like you don't even get, get a... your life together with Florsheim. They they give you like that you know pre written call to action. Who needs right. it? We'd sell it right away. Like it'd be yeah. done. People would be just flocking to Squarespace. Yeah, we would. Get, yeah, and we would they,
1: you know exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know like you know Lisa Sleep mattress would be like, oh my gosh, Aaron and Abe, you guys are the best. Thanks for making it's a billion dollars in revenue. We'd be like, of course. Legal Zoom, they'd
0: have to start Legal Skype because of how much their business increased. Legal Skype. <laughs> that's a bad one <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> what else um it's the it's almost the end of november it just means thanksgiving's next week there's a variety of things that are coming up between now and the end of the year so we'll be sure to keep uh keep on moving with this show as far as trying to you know fit in as many reviews <laughs> and whatnot as possible so just stay tuned we got a lot of content coming we even have maybe some plans for december which might be pretty cool so we'll uh just tease that out for now, but we'll see where things go. <laughs> um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to one of our favorite segments and one of the only segments that we do on this show. What we would have talked about this week were things to be a little bit worse or a little bit better, depending on how you feel, but mainly bad because things changed based off the horrible things that happened this year. This is the segment where we go over the movie that would have come out this week where things not to have changed in this post-bloodshot era. So, yeah, this week. <laughs> the, the, the one film that i want to see this year uh that's not coming out godzilla versus kong would have come out this year oh wow. would have come out this week um... uh where things too have not changed i i feel like you guys are very aware that i'm very excited for godzilla versus kong <laughs> so, no i had no idea so <laughs> but, I, I didn't know that you were a godzilla head uh-huh but this is the um the the third entry in the third sorry the fourth entry in Legendary's monster verse following godzilla kong skull island and godzilla king of the monsters this one is directed by adam wingard of the guest fame among other things and um yeah it is the i don't want I, I guess culmination of the past couple films involving the lead up to a, a meeting between godzilla and kong presumably for like tax reasons but with that said uh philip right were you, were you excited for godzilla versus kong i mean yeah
2: just by virtue of the fact it was you know exactly what the title says it is and uh i'm I, obviously not as big a godzilla head as you are um but i enjoyed um what was it the 2000 is it was it 14 or 16 14 the, was it 14 okay and it was gareth edwards right yes yeah i i enjoyed that film uh, a lot especially the first half or so of it and um uh, kongskull island was a lot of fun kind of you know and i wasn't as taken with King of the Monsters, I know you loved that one, uh, but I was still looking forward to it, especially with Adam Wingard, because The Guest was one of my favorite movies uh, the year that came out. So, yeah, I would—that's I, I, definitely what I would have been primed to see on on a big, big IMAX screen or something, and and would have been excited to to do so. So, yeah, definitely.
0: For sure, Abe, how about you?
1: I would have been excited to see you know the culmination of all the efforts for these huge Blackbuster summer movies. Um, into the role up here because I, I, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I, I've seen the, the old like 60s, 70s King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, where it's fun and it's kind of like, you know, goofy in its Godzilla technique, but still, I think that there's. You know, just the way that they've been building up to it with King of the Monsters, I didn't like it as much as, as you did, Aaron. But at the same time, I, I really thought that they brought a lot of mythology into it. And I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by all these giant creatures. And I really love the, this giant boss battle type situation at the end here. And it would have been cool to see, you know, King Kong in the mix and just talking his smack. But um, I am bummed that it's not playing because it, it would have been a visual and, and I'm sure an audio feast
0: yeah, that's the big thing, and I like. I am glad that it hasn't just pivoted to streaming. I don't see that coming because this mm-hmm. is the kind of film where I I need this on the big screen. <laughs> like, I, there's mm-hmm. not a version of the, like, I, and you know, I say that as a person that wasn't alive when the original Godzilla films were the when the show era was coming out in the '60s and '70s, and those are movies obviously that are about giant monsters. So yes, I, I've I've grown up watching you know a lot of those plenty on a small screen, but. You know, the fact that I got King of the Monsters, where you have not only Godzilla, but Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah, like, 2019 iterations of them in big CG glory, like, that that exists, it's still, like, wild to me. So, like, yes, I want more of that, and now they're throwing Kong into the equation in a battle. So, given that this MonsterVerse has very much delivered for me so far, as far as a what if we just made giant monsters and turned that into a cinematic universe? Like I'm into that and I need mm-hmm. to see the rest of that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, looking forward to when I finally have the chance to, um, so for the time being, uh, the film is now currently scheduled for May 21st, 2021. So okay. uh, we will, uh, see if that actually happens. I, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, remember when these were less bleak, when we talked about the new release dates, <laughs> When it's like, yeah. yeah, it'll come out in 2021 when <clears throat> things are better. I would, <laughs> I, you know, I'd
1: schedule in advance and be like, I want that seat at the Dolby Cinema Theater, and, you know, I'll watch it with as few people as possible because I always, uh, like feeling like the theater is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I, I feel like you you probably don't miss a lot of the people that are generally in your screenings for things, Abe, eh? but, uh... The for, for the IMAX screenings, because you know how those go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've, you've told me the stories. Yeah. And you be show me the war wounds. But yeah, that's, uh... We'll see what happens. Uh but yeah, that's uh well that's that talk, man Let's move on. Let's get to our let's get to our main review for Run.
2: You do everything for me.
1: It's not fair. I'm your mom. It's my job to take care of you when you need me.
0: That should have been some of the trailer for Run, director Anish Chaganti, co-writer Sev Ahanian, and producer Natalie Cabasian had a breakout in 2018 with Searching, the missing persons thriller starring John Cho. While that film was confined to screens as the POV for the audience, their new film Run takes a more traditional route, but has a new suspenseful premise. Sarah Paulson stars as the very protective mother to Chloe, a 17-year-old girl who is chronically ill and uses a wheelchair. She's been homeschooled and has little access to the outside world beyond limited internet use. In her excitement to see if she's been accepted to a University of Washington – go Huskies – she one day discovers something <laughs> strange about her ma- – I had to look up the mascot. No, I, I like that. how you called it
1: a University of Washington, and then you said go Huskies, and it's like, oh, no, he put it all together.
0: Because <laughs> usually it's just the University of Washington, go Huskies. <laughs> She one day discovers something strange about the medicine she's been taking, leading her to believe her mother may be hiding something from her. But what? Philip, I know you are a big fan of searching. How does Chaganti do with this follow-up film? Um, yeah, I definitely was a big fan
2: of searching and just the way he was able to uh, not make the uh, the gimmick so gimmicky, you know, and it, uh, the tension was real and raw and everything. In that. And I think he transitioned that well. Uh, to the more traditional filmmaking approach that he uses in uh in this second feature um and i i really en- i really enjoyed this like it's nothing that's necessarily exceptional or going to break any barriers or anything like that but just taken on you know the base of being a straight up thriller um it's executed just it's it's a it's a story we've you know s- Seen and maybe uh, i said this in my review like no fault of his that has kind of been a little more prominent the last few years um so was slightly disappointed like narratively that it wasn't as different as i was hoping it would be from other other stories we've seen and heard recently but the execution of it just like elevates it so much and then of course you have uh sarah paulson and um, the newcomer uh, Kiara Allen, uh, who plays the daughter, and and they're both really fantastic at it. And so um, I, I just really dug it. Like like I said, it's nothing new uh, or even necessarily f- like fresh, but it's just a really good take on the genre of film. It's it's trying to be. Abe, how about you? Yeah, you know,
1: compared to searching, I think that this one it, it's not as though it's it, it's not as though he's you know, I guess mastered from searching versus this sort of like it's a continuation of his style and I do like his style um and it's also a continuation of like his growth as a director in that he like Philip was saying you don't have to have like just the on screen thing the on screen thing was actually a really cool idea it's really well it's well done and it, it was executed like to a T kind of thing um and so it was is clever in the way that it was done but for this one I'm glad that he was uh, he he kind of just goes into like more of like a, I guess a traditional film. Uh, Aaron, we talk a lot about movies that you can introduce kids to, like horror movies yeah, you can yeah, introduce yeah, kids yeah. to, and if, this one really feels like one of those. And the reason why is because there's not a lot of blood. Um, I mean the only blood that comes is because like somebody falls from like a staircase or something like that, and and maybe like there's an instance. I, of, yeah,
0: you're you're saying there's not like the on-screen violence isn't
2: intense.
1: Yeah, it's in, it's not intense, and also to be honest, like the shock factors are kind of good. So I, I, this is like one of those movies where I was wondering what it was rated because it was on Hulu, and then as you start watching it, they're saying like, "Oh, it's for PG-13," and I was like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense because there's a lot of good fun stuff in here. Fun being there's like good visual scares <laughs> in here, um, and fun little like uh, little bits of audio in here mm-hmm. um, that that are that make me think oh this is like an interesting script to have written and say like let's put in some of these cool things and make it creepy but also you know keep moving the the film along it's a short movie and it gets to its point fairly quickly um i think that you definitely know that something's going on already um by the way that the title cards not even the title cards but just like these diseases yeah Mm -hmm. just uh show up on the screen so you know that there's an issue with somebody you don't know who it is first uh, at first it could be the mother it could be the daughter um and as the movie goes along here i think what what really makes it a good movie is that it really already gives you um a lot to root for in in the chloe character like you almost instantaneously like this person because she is capable she is um bubbly she has like her own life and she's basically just a, a really eager, excited teenager who has to take a lot of medications right um, and as the movie goes along here, it it does start to get a little more creepy and, and whatever else. But I think for the most part, it's a well done movie. like I, I think the only part that I really thought was like maybe a little bit more off based on the rest was definitely the ending. Like the not like the tail ending. Right before, like when they're at uh, like a hospital sequence. And I was like, well, that's probably like the only part that I was like, yeah, well, maybe they just uh, needed to do this part a little bit differently. But overall I, I thought that it was a it's a fun, quick movie for you to check out. And it um, Aaron, I think the other thing that I've also been saying a lot in the past like few weeks has been, I'm mad I didn't make this movie. And to clarify that usually means I'm I'm really inspired by these types of movies because I'm like, oh, yeah, you should definitely start writing, putting pen to paper type thing and shooting your own movie, because this is one of those movies where like, oh, man, it's like it's like two locations, three locations max, a few small characters. And if you're if you really want to make something, you know, you should definitely um create it uh, on your own. So um it's a fun movie. it's It's fun enough of a movie
0: think we're all on the same page here because i do think the movie's fun without being great but not being great isn't the you know harmful factor it could be it's a perfectly fine movie that does a good job of creating a lot of tension uh being very watchable being you know a pretty quick-paced movie for and it has a fairly quick runtime i mean this is the uh, it's while you know it would have been nice to see it on a big screen it is a solid movie to watch on hulu like you can jump on and be like yeah let me get a like a cool little thriller in here that can also, like you were alluding to, Abe, can be enjoyed by a lot. I mean, there is there is an audience for this, but I do think, yeah, the movie's not... It has a certain kind of tone it holds on to, and even the nature of the characters make it a film that makes it very watchable for people, not, to, not of all ages, but certainly you know a younger crowd can get into this as well um it's it's not a hardcore horror movie by any means um uh, but it's certainly what and like as far as like that goes it reminded me a lot uh, like it's going there's a lot of like hitchcockian type stuff going on here but even mm-hmm. more more so what i thought about was like M Night Shyamalan i think there's a lot in common with what he would do with a thriller like this um that he kind of has done in some of his films um i i couldn't help but like keep thinking that it's hitchcock by way of M Night Shyamalan cuz who another director who's also going for a lot of hitchcock stuff in his some of his movies um, something like split, for example, which I'm not right. as big on, but I do think the kind of you know the the limited limited location use limited characters, all of that stuff, and just the way he moves the camera around that's something I did like about it. I was curious to see what this movie would be that it now that it doesn't have the screen vision aspect to it, what it would be is just a kind of more traditional film, and it's very effective i I do think there is a good handle on. A lot of visual setup. There's a lot of showing and not telling, which I enjoyed. There's a lot of like things in the house and the way the routines you see uh Keira Allen go through in in her daily life that are then expanded upon or twisted because of the nature of the thriller of the film. Like that, that stuff all really worked for me. It does it has a good job of like setting up the geography of the house that they're in, setting up the stakes of certain scenes, and, and maximizing that for the for the sake of tension. I do think the story I don't think it ends as strongly as I wish it could. I -hmm. do like, and part of that's because it gets a little ridiculous at the same time. I have to kind of accept that being that it's a thriller to begin with. So it's like, (laughs) it's not, it it, the ending doesn't blow me away, but it also like, it's not bad by any means. I just think it, I agree with you, Abe. It's just like, yeah, maybe something a little different could have happened there to wrap this up. Also, I don't like the opening of this film. (laughs) I don't know what, I don't think it's necessary at all. And it kind of just gives away something especially for people that know movies uh, like us, where it's like, all right, like you're already, you're cooling me into a lot here when I don't need this. I don't need these opening minutes to give me a, like a sense of where this is going. Just give me those title cards and that's it. Like, that'd be fine. Um, mm. That said, I mean, you know, that's a minute or so. Like I think the rest of this thing really cooks as far as being just like a fun thriller. And yeah, the performers are also very strong. Sarah Paulson is very good here um and that's expected her like tenure on american horror story just shows you can do like all kinds of different genre type roles and make that work but also Kara allen very good in this movie and someone that actually uses a wheelchair in real, real life uh something that uh i don't think you get very often in a movie like this um so like kudos for the the crew for like finding a you know someone that could you know do this role and actually like fit the somewhat the description of the person they're trying to like use here like it it, it the it pays the effort pays off because they, they are too you know you need in addition to having paulson as the mother you need someone that could stand up to her you know take on the various physical challenges of a movie like this and uh, i think it, it pays off well um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to like here as far as like, a thriller goes
2: yeah i wasn't aware that she was actually wheelchair bound prior to Watching the movie, and I did go into this not having seen any trailers. I know we talked a little bit about the trailer uh, right. earlier, but um, I, I watched it afterward just to kind of see how they were advertising it because of, you know, the twist and everything in it. But yeah, I didn't realize she was actually uh, Kira Allen was was in a wheelchair. But I mean, when once I did realize that it, it did make everything in it seem or you know just thinking back on it, it was like oh yeah it was really just like effortless for her the ease of you know turning corners and uh navigating her way through the house which i i was gonna also say something about the house as well because it really does uh give it just a lived in feeling like you know a lot of houses in movies can feel just like standing structures that right. have you know, with a few pictures thrown on the wall or, you know, some furniture thrown in or whatever, just to kind of, you know, decorate it up. But uh, yeah, I really, I really loved, you know, especially with this, it being such a, a large aspect of the production, the the, the single setting uh, of the house, you know, mm-hmm. other than the hospital and everything. So um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that. And even just uh, Alan's performance, you know, wheelchair aside, like the, the, the fact she was able to you know, go toe to toe with with Paulson was you know who can be really intimidating and is you know in in this role is uh I I just thought I yeah I was pretty pretty surprised by how much uh not I wasn't surprised by how much I was rooting for her obviously but just uh surprised by uh, how how natural again how natural it came off and mm-hmm. that I believed she she could take her.
1: Yeah, I I asked actually... you. The, the the other thing that surprised me, too, I also didn't know that she was um, uh, in use of a wheelchair in real life until uh, Aaron, you just said, it, and I looked it up as well. Um, but I think the other thing that I was surprised by was it says introducing Kira Allen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is her first role? Yeah, <laughs> right. And I was like, that's a I, she's really good for It's like maybe she's done some commercials or maybe she's done some smaller things. But, I, you know, it's it's. To give her that much credit is, is really good and um, I definitely agree with you Philip on just like yeah she, she does a good job of holding the screen like as her own screen presence whether it's you know good or bad light one of the things um, and I, I certainly really liked that there's also uh, a character turn for her you know um, she's not just like the person who's wheelchair bound that feels sorry for herself no she wants to get out you know she mm-hmm. wants to like live her life and keep living her life and so that comes into play when uh, all these things start happening to her uh, in her home life, right? So there's a uh, there's a lot of problems she has to solve, but then even at one point she's like, you know, you need me more than I need you kind of situation. And I'm like, wow, this is a really strong character turn here, and and I really like that about it.
0: They do a good job of sketching out the the character overall. Like, you know, the movies, it's about these two. And yeah. you, mm-hmm. there's – you know, there's a – sarah paulson's been on you know screen in a lot of ways so there's a kind of recognizable authority that comes with that where this is a new character the kira allen character chloe and so you need to like understand who this person is and you need more time to do that but i think the film based off like the way they show the routines early on the way they show her working out things whether it's how to use a computer or how to get downstairs these like subtle challenges they, they they do find ways that make it like you're saying, like you're not feeling sorry for this character, you're you're just like you're with them. You want you're like, you feel like you said, like you're rooting for them, um, which you like, and you you should be. But the it's not like you need to discover that they're actually able to do this. You can just confidently right. confidently believe, yeah, of course they can do this. Like that's just been established early on by the nature of this person, um, regardless of the fact that they they you know have a disability. She just seems capable, um, and, right. and that's that's a, that's a, that's good writing, I think. I mean, there's yeah i i i'd imagine early on in the processor like we're not only going to write a character that you know has this disability but also we're going to try to cast someone for that and so you know kudos to the casting team for finding someone that could like you know for the, especially in their i assume like first big role for sure sure um, yeah. is able to you know take on all these things it speaks to you know the lack of chances that you know hollywood can take in you know finding actual people actual actors Uh, that have disability and also just want to be in these kinds of movies as opposed to just casting, you know, whomever. And Mm -hmm. there's a whole different debate as far as, yeah. Chloe
1: Grace moretz
0: yeah. There's a whole different debate as far as, like, (laughs) yes, it's acting and sometimes you just, whatever requirements you need for a role or something. But regardless, you know, the fact that there is a movie that is finding someone that is differently abled um, and, you know, get exactly what they want and make that effective, you know, good on them and good, you know, job on on the movie of incorporating all of that the way it needs to. Yeah, I definitely agree.
2: And obviously, like this investment in, you know, her as a character or both of them really um, goes a long way if, you know, I obviously won't get too spoilery here either. But if you have, you know, seen other documentaries or Hulu series in the past couple of years, it goes a long way in kind of making up for that, uh, what the eventual twist is and everything. And what the actual scenario, these two characters are involved in is like um, I, I didn't care as much that. I was more familiar with it than I expected to be because I was already you know, in it with these two and I wanted, I cared about the outcome pertaining specifically to them rather than just of this story in general. Yeah,
1: I think the spook factor in this I think is good early on and then it kind of mellows out um, and what I mean by that is there's like a really cool shot of her using the computer and then there's like a rack focus type thing that happens and I was like, oh, that's, that's really creepy. I, I don't know why this is creeping me out so much but who would do this? Um, and, you know, as you build that that through, you're just like, yeah, this person would definitely do something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: those, the, uh-huh.
1: that,
0: That's that Hitchcock element as far as like, yes. you know, the first half is very mm-hmm. much mystery because you don't know what's going on. Then once you get certain reveals, it becomes, I mean, it's called Run for a reason. It becomes this kind yeah. of chase movie yeah. despite the obvious confinements that these characters have based right. on location and ability. Uh, and, I, and and that's that's good. That's what I'm talking about, as far as like the Hitchcock or Shyamalan stuff, so or just like De Palma, any number of like mystery sure. thriller type filmmakers, where once you get once you've like planted all the seeds and things start like you know coming out, you're you're in the know of that character, and you're just you're on this like escape path, and so it's less mm-hmm. about trying to scare the audience and more of just like thrilling them. Um, yes. And what yeah. what I think really works is the kind of the kind of battle of wills, uh, battle of wits. That is coming about where you have both Paulson and Allen's characters th- knowing or think they know more than the other character, and that's always really fun, I think, in a movie when you have this kind of back and forth as far as one character thinks they're ahead and then the other character actually is ahead, and it mm-hmm. plays yeah. with that a number of
2: ways. Yeah, that shot you were talking about, Abe, that was when that moment happened. I was like, oh, okay, so this we're we're making this, we're, we're jumping up here. <laughs> this is this is where we're going. Like it was, yeah, it was legit. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, "Oh, we're gonna do
1: this kind of movie, like a <laughs> right. like where we're gonna see like a lot of shadows kind of thing." But it doesn't do that. It goes more toward like what Aaron was saying with like more Hitchcockian. and like once you know what's gonna, ha- once you know who these characters are, then it kind of just like plays like this cat mouse game. And honestly, to to what everybody here has been saying as well, I think the thing that I liked about it is uh, is that the daughter, um, she is smart. You know, we mentioned that already, so it's not as though she comes to these powers you know through uh through a moment of the movie in like a in a uh deus ex machina type way it's actually mm-hmm. just she's inherently a smart person she's taking like physics and she loves robotics and she she knows how to like I was gonna say, yeah. yeah you know she she's like basically like a, a you know a computer engineer at some point so she's got a lot of skills here that come into play and, and it's not as though like they just threw it in there like on the wall like they did like this panning shot of her winning the science fair at home It's like, no, you see all the shit in her house. A a whiteboard that says
0: weakness, (laughs) exclamation (laughs) point.
1: What what is their weakness? Sound. It's sound.
0: (laughs) Um, But I think the
1: other thing that I wanted to mention was um, it's also a funny movie. Um, It is. Yeah. And there's like humor in this where I think that there's just um, the the drugstore scene is probably my favorite scene because she's like, yes, I'm crippled. Please let me through. Yeah. Um, and then it gets into this tense moment, and she the camera pans to something, and then she also uses that to her advantage. And I think there's actually some some good humor in this movie from time to time as well.
0: Part of what works about that drugstore scene, among others, is that you get you it's a reminder that she's been homeschooled and sheltered for her whole life, so like social cues and whatnot are a little bit awkward for her. Um, so that plays into like how yeah how she can just like cheat her way through line or whatnot, or then the way she's talking to the druggist. Um the pharmacist. The druggist. The druggist is a thing. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the I was pharmacist. gonna
2: say that pharmacist cracked me up for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why, yeah, but she's some...
0: killing me. That's <laughs> that that's it's just like It's that weird, quirky stuff where you can't identify it. It's just like, that's good casting. It's just funny. (laughs) It's just the way they make that work. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think, like, was there any humor in searching? (laughs) I don't (laughs) think there was. Like, I don't think there's Not as much. I don't think there's any time
1: for it. Well, Um, it just starts out sad because he's mm -hmm. looking at videos of his wife, and then it goes into, like, panic mode.
0: Yeah. So... But I mean, yeah. that's that's again, that's the stuff. Like that's 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 what I'm talking about when I think of like the Shyamalan aspect. Because Shyamalan films tend to be pretty funny, also. In addition they, to, they like, do have, yes. yeah, they do have like
1: bits of humor in there. Yeah,
0: and I mean that's and that's any. I mean, I keep naming Shyamalan just because it just really did remind me of it. But I mean, that's any good thriller. You know, it how, does. I mean, that's yeah. like like look at like North by Northwest. That movie's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah. th- there's a lot of you know a lot of good ways to break up the tension, which you know work. It worked for a film like this. Yeah.
1: And I think just lastly, I want to talk about some of the technical aspects. You know, Philip, you talked about the house and the layout, and I definitely agreed with you, and I think you guys both did. But I think it's one of those things where it's because we're we're forced to be in that location for so many of the scenes that if they didn't build it up correctly, I would be upset too, right? You know, because you're just like, I don't – where did this room come from? You know, but um, you start – you do get a really good sense of, the house it does feel very lived in like what you're saying philip and um because i have to do so much with it i think that there's actually really a lot of like neat things that even i didn't expect uh mm-hmm. from the house what i mean specifically like this scene specifically is like when she's got to go do something and get into her mom's room um, i was yeah that, yeah was that like, sequence
2: oh. was great yeah
1: yeah i was like that's really clever because i wouldn't have expected that but it's also like she definitely knows her house better than I do, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad that they use this because again, it, it was just kind of was unexpected.
0: That's the best set piece of the movie, as far as like yeah. really expanding on things and like balancing the kind of the ridiculousness with like the nature of the scene, where it's like, yeah, no, they're they're handling this in a plausible way, and obviously it's a little heightened because the movie that we're in, but it works. It does. It it, it sticks out as far as like mm-hmm. being a good. "Quote unquote" action sequence of sorts using the means that you have and the type of characters that you have. Right.
2: Yeah, and maybe why the uh, like the actual climax of the movie felt a little, uh, you know, like you guys were referring to earlier, uh, and I tend to agree with as well, it, is that it was a little underwhelming. Like it felt like there needed to be a little more to it. But coming off of yeah, like you said, that set piece, that sequence was was so you know riddled with tension and so so heightened that it was just like. I, like it kind of peaked right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I did. I was really satisfied with the last, the, you know, the final
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, like the coda. sequence. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely agreed with you guys. And I wanted to mention that too, about the the whole hospital third right. act action piece, which uh, I felt like there needed to be, especially with how well the pacing had been up to that point and how well he'd, you know, melded like the tension and, uh, I don't know. It just he, the, the tension in the drama, really. He he knows how to balance those really well, and it had been done so expertly up until that point. I just felt like, yeah, uh, I definitely agree that that yeah. that final act needed a little more uh to it than uh, than we got. But I was I was satisfied by the time that that little last sequence
0: rolled around so i will say the build-up to getting to the i know we're being vague and obviously it's annoying for oh people, we have <laughs> <be>. but like <laughs> the we want you to go see this movie the reason people the reason the characters get to the place they get to in that final act i really liked i thought that was really like be, sure. again given the kind of circumstances of the characters mm-hmm. like that felt like a writers are writing themselves to a corner purposely and have to find a way out of it and they did and i like but i like what they did there like it's it's creative uh, it's you know if you want to talk about something that's refreshing it's like i have not seen that done in a movie as far as getting from point a to point b um, sure. yeah, which yeah. which I found neat. I've also, admit, as far as the technical thing goes, again, um, I think there's some striking imagery in this movie. I, like the 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 color of the pills, like the way it's framed. Yeah. Like there's a lot of careful planning. Yeah. I think around certain shots. Obviously, there is because it's a movie, but there's a lot of careful planning around certain shots where the use of like color and contrast I think stuck out in the way that you know it worked. It worked for me. Yeah. As, as I mean,
1: as... The, at well, at one point, it gave me like a visceral reaction because she learns what color something is, mm-hmm. and then. There's like a next moment where you see something on a plate and you're like, yeah, I I don't feel good about <laughs> that. Like it's, it's actually just a it's a it's a vegetable. And you're just like, I don't. Yeah, I feel gross right now. <laughs> so um, it's very strange. Also, the, the score was OK, I think, because it, it kind of just plays with like a typical um, thriller type score. But it's fine uh, for what it is. Um, and then lastly, just like in terms of acting mentioned Sarah Paulson already, but I mean, there's one scene in here in this particular that I just like got chills when she is, she's essentially doing a monologue, um, and then you realize it's a monologue, and I'm just like, she's a good actress.
2: <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched uh the the Netflix series uh, with her the other Ryan Murphy one Ratchet, oh, Ratchet. But yeah, I haven't watched that. But obviously, I've seen, I've kind of fallen off on American Horror Story, but I've seen yeah. enough to know um how well that she can kind of uh go back and forth between just being you know charming and like then kind of switch to conniving and then it's Mm -hmm. like full-on sadistic and so uh yeah obviously she's she's capable of that and we've seen her do that and obviously she's capable of much more than that with like even just the uh american crime story that she's been in and and other you know i don't know oceans eight but um oh that's Uh, right (laughs) but uh but yeah no she's uh, i going in like i just had the vibe or i knew like what genre this fell into without having seen the trailer and i was like okay i can see why she would be attracted to this type of material Mm -hmm. and especially given like searching you know and kind of if that tone was going to carry over at all like it was like okay this will this is up her alley for sure yeah
0: i will say this the Mm -hmm. um I th- you know, admiring it, 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 the movie based off it being an effective thriller, like, cool. I do, like, I think another aspect that could have elevated the film a bit is if it kind of tackled something more as far as interesting the, the, the way these characters work in, you know, in 2020. I, I think they, I'm not going to say it's a missed opportunity, but I do, because, like, you know, it's the move they wanted to make. But I do think there is something more it could say about about the the actions this character takes to get her and her daughter into the position they are as far as the kind of people they are or the kind of life that they're living there there's something there that they could they, there, there could be capitalized on in a different way that would reflect some social commentary aspects
1: I'm gonna have to speak with you off air because I'm curious because I because I hear what you're saying but at the same time like because they executed so well and what they did right like mm-hmm. I, I I didn't really like I did, That didn't cross my mind, but now that it is, it's like I wonder what aspect you was talking about. It's
0: here. the kind of thing where being in a genre film or a horror film, you know, those, those are good areas where you can explore things about society through the genre lens. Um, and this one, I don't think it really. I'm not going to look back at this film. I think in you know years and and think like, yeah, that really reflected the way things sure. were back then. It's just more of a. This is an example of an effectively executed thriller. Nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. I, you know, looking at other horror films, I really like that you know i put it you know high up on my lists at the end of the year it's because it's not only doing what it does effectively but also speaking to the times of it and i do think there's, oh i see okay. there's something that this one could, there's there's there and i don't even necessarily sure where it could go but i do think there's it feels like there's something just right there it probably it could be taking on that might have like pushed it to another level as far as what it's saying sure um, thematically i mean it is you know outside of the heightened nature of the the thriller stuff like it is speaking to the idea of a a, a mother who is going to lose her daughter because she wants to go to college and be, be kind great, of most... great at for the university of washington by the way
1: <laughs> that's how uh, much uh, kids are dying to get in here that's their. they have so many like i guess uplifting like marks on their posters that really help you go through your your day get you through your day mm-hmm.
2: But no, I, I was gonna say that was I actually noted that in in my written review too, Aaron. Like the it, what kind of brings this down from from searching even is that searching did have more to say than just be about this you know uh, mystery uh, you know the the main mystery that searching chronicled. It had the 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 commentary there about uh, social media and sure. you know. All that kind of stuff and yeah. and how it, it's how heightened like, it is. Do you actually really know your kid kind of thing? Right, right. And so yeah, that's yeah that that's what kind of brought this down a little bit. But again, like Abe was saying, it's it 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 is simply a genre movie. It's just straightforward genre movie, but it is executed so well that it's kind of like ah, eh, I don't mind. But yeah, am I gonna am I gonna you know note it in four years and be like, man, yeah, remember his his second movie? <laughs> that was more traditional, but it was like, yeah. what was it called? It was on Hulu, you know.
0: Uh, but the, ti- the title doesn't. Help. Like I was telling, I was telling right. Anna, I was telling Anna about this, about Run. Her biggest curiosity was like, why is it called Run? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not the, yeah, it's not the best title. <laughs> like, I, he, do, not... he
1: does love those single, those single word uh, titles.
0: Yeah, but searching makes a lot of sense. Where Run is like. Right. I get what they're trying to do with it, but I can't imagine that being their first choice. Like I, I could I, I won't I, be surprised if yeah. they had other ones in mind and then
1: the hand know. that rocks the wheelchair.
0: <laughs> could have been. Rebecca De Mornay as the grandmother. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh wow.
2: I mean there were a lot of references to the other movies. I loved uh, the four one one line. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, and there was a line about like what did it say? Um, something about Maine or something.
1: Yes, like exactly. That. That's the one. Yeah. Where
2: it's like, for example, if you were calling about dairy, Maine. Yeah. Like, like I just laughed to myself. Like, a, it's a you know, that said, I do have a thing with title sequences or like title cards, and uh, I really did. I I, I liked how it or they handled this one pretty well, but
0: uh, yeah,
2: just throw that in there. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, no, you're, you're not as nice. far
0: as putting putting it on the screen sure it doesn't stop. right right <laughs> um, right but yeah no it's definitely
2: really uh i don't know generic i guess is, i was trying to think of a nicer way to put that but
0: it's because you it's call it the not... run and it's like yeah that's the one about the girl in the wheelchair and her obsessive mother <laughs> like, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly um you know you, you mentioned real quick um you mentioned like searching and what it did have to say about uh, like social media or what have you i do like that You know the pivot here was well, what if we had none of that involved? Like literally, she doesn't have a phone. She can't use the internet. Like it's very, it's very stripped down by comparison. Which is like that's always fun when you see it. You know, watching something like not too much of a tangent, but like watching like Jordan Peele go from Get Out to Us, where they're very different movies. Like Mm -hmm. there's some connective tissue there, sure, but like as far as the kind of movie that it is, it's not just like a bigger version of the other one. This one is. This one's doing that. It's like, yeah, it's not just like another. It could like he could have easily made another screen movie. Like, oh, there's the guy that makes screen like screen vision movies now. The way the same way that like Shyamalan got caught up and be like, oh, that's the guy of twist endings, even though most right. of films, most of the films don't have twist endings. Um, uh, but you know, you get put into a hole at that point, and it's like I'm glad that he did do something that you know has this more formal filmmaking style and even thematically goes a different direction. Uh, right. Well, if, I, even the, like if you were to to. Keep using like an
1: on-screen, you know. The term we'll use is gimmick. It's it's not a gimmick. It's actually just like a a style choice. But Uh uh, if you use that for, if he continued to use that, I think that we would have gotten bored by it already. You know, because you're just like, well, now I'm waiting for him to get to this thing. You know, I think that's one of the great things about searching is, um, you didn't expect that he knew so. Like, not not that he doesn't know about the internet, but more like he brings in a lot of different social media elements. You Uh know what I mean? Like including. A, a, like a venmo type situation and i was like oh that's really clever um but for this one it's like yeah if he had continued to do strange things that hit her mom search history or what have you you know that that's not really something that i think i would have been super attached with i would been like you know we've seen this before this director is really good about he's really adept at making these on-screen only movies but can he do other things and i was glad like, oh, that he pivoted away
0: yeah yeah absolutely real quick thing about searching that we can wrap up uh, mm-hmm. something that's been around since the movies you know you can watch it at home now or what have you people have discovered the like weird like little easter eggs in going on within searching in the search like in the search history and like things that are on the internet because they have to you know you had to write all that stuff right you have to like figure out like what's on the screens at all time and so there's mm-hmm. apparently like a hidden like alien sighting plot that's in searching like, like uh, like on the side of everything going on with John Cho's character. You can see in like the, the news like like headlines and stuff like that, there's like a running thread involving like an alien arrival or something. Where it's like that's that's actually pretty funny. That they like... So you're
2: saying it's it's part of the Cloverfield universe. Yes, that's what, what I'm saying. saying yes, it's part of the Cloverfield universe. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, back to Run. When should people go and see this movie? It's currently available on Hulu. Should they be watching it right away? Should they wait for Thanksgiving to watch it while eating turkey? What? You know, I, I, it is it is a
1: fun enough movie. You don't necessarily have to run out and see it right away, like, oh. but it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, you should try and prioritize it because it's quick and it's fun.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's it's a perfect like if you're chilling on your couch on a Friday, Saturday night type deal, uh, and just want something efficient fun and but exciting at the same time like i I think it's perfect for that you you might want to you know some i I know what's the other one that's coming out uh the big hulu or um happiest season is coming out uh around thanksgiving so that might be more of the a holiday thing to do but yeah if you're if you're looking for something you know a little more thrilling uh and you know it's accessible it's right there I, i definitely say it's worth checking out
0: yeah no I, I agree you know it's it's why we you know um anna and i and professor mcdill we talked about arachnophobia not too long ago and that's a film where you know it's pg-13 it's a horror movie about spiders and people may have feelings about spiders but it's a very accessible movie like it's made mm-hmm. to be i mean it's built as a thrill as we discussed in that episode a lot <laughs> um but it's very accessible right it works for everything i think run hits that same kind of note like you alluded to abe i think there's the kind of you know it works as a thriller but it's one where a lot of people can enjoy it and um So yeah i'd I'd say yeah if you you know obviously not in theaters but if you're around and you got people in your house and you can just like want to enjoy like a solidly made thriller go for it it's good Mm -hmm.
2: yeah my uh my wife didn't watch it with me when i you know watched it to review it and i'd watch it again just to you know so she can watch it because she appreciates that genre in general but i would i'd be completely down for you know spending another 90 minutes on it so right
0: well cool guys let's uh that was our review for run let's uh let's move on let's get to our our feedback feedback feedback, feedback. this is where we go over the various questions and answers on our facebook page facebook.com podcast we asked a number of questions to the listeners and then they gave us a question that we can answer so um here we go and philip feel free to jump in and any answers on these you might have uh, Okay. First up, we have what are some great films about overprotective mothers? Irene writes Carrie, and Chris agrees. Yeah, can't find better than Carrie.
1: Mm. What a lot of horror there.
0: You know, Dumbo.
1: <laughs> okay. Very overprotective. They they so overprotective. They they label her as crazy. Yeah.
2: Talking, I'm, <laughs> <to think. laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Dumbo. Shoot.
1: No, no don't watch the Tim Burton one.
2: i only thought that
1: once yeah um i'm trying to think and i think obviously the the other answer is is mother with an exclamation mark (laughs) well i mean (laughs) to a
2: point i guess
1: yeah i mean almost to like a global point
0: (laughs) i mean obviously uh uh, water boy (laughs) yeah uh, (laughs) there you go yeah water boy those are sheets over there (laughs) there's there's Uh, mommy dearest uh, I was
2: going to say, I was trying to. There, I know there's horror movies at the wazoo about
0: it, but I can't. Yeah. But that's less about overprotective and more about just like generally insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: that's actually an interesting question because I, I, do you guys think of movies with overprotective
0: fathers? They exist. Uh, Finding Nemo. That's oh, true. There you go, there you go. Um, Psycho. To an extent, is an overprotective mother movie. Oh man, yeah. Why did that not pop up? I even watched
2: all of Bates Motel, and that did not immediately
0: pop up. In <laughs> How many are those? Are there in the series? How many Psychos? Yeah, is there, like four of them? There are four. There I are three that. Psycho movies. Psycho four that was a TV movie, and then yes, the oh. Bates Motel. So that's it. Psycho and Psycho two and three are are quite good. Like they're better than you'd expect the sequels to one of the greatest movies of all time to be. Yeah. I actually just bought like that four. It was on sale
2: for uh, I don't know uh, yeah, Prime Day or something like that, and I bought the the whole Psycho collection because I've never seen anything other than than Hitchcock's you know movie. So yeah. uh, I, I'm, it, that's good to know. I, did, two, I didn't two know and three what... are, two and three are good.
0: They're and and Sorry. it's uh, largely because I'm uh, Anthony Perkins is you know in them. He's in all four mm-hmm. of them, but he's I mean he's a he's he he knows Norman Bates. He does his yeah. job. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. that's good. I, I was I was not sure where the the quality would fall on those, but I'm I'm, I'm anxious to dig into those now.
0: Oh, Abe, hey, Coraline. Oh yeah,
1: Other Mother. Uh-huh. Yeah, what are we what are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Overprotective man. That's that's a good movie. And Other Mother is a great uh, villain character. Watch that. Watch that and run together. I mean, to be honest, they probably are the same mother. <laughs> so... Like, very spot on. Let me treat you nicely, make you all these meals. All I need is your soul, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the next question is, what are some good or what are some great cat and mouse thrillers, movies in mostly confined locations with few characters? Chris has The Green Room and Hush. Those are some good answers there. I'd also throw in
0: The Collector and probably The Collector. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Panic Room. Yeah, Jared Leto and Corn Rose. Exactly, that's the, the, the main, the star of yes. Panic Room, Jared Leto's hair. <laughs> Jared. Uh,
2: uh,
1: does Buried count? A Buried would count, right? Yeah. The TV show on HBO? Yes, the TV no, the, show uh, No, the, the Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, the TV show on HBO, that's a great pull, Philip. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I haven't thought about that since like I finished the season. It's you know, a little that's...
0: less cat and mouse because it's just him and box. Yeah. But, but but it is but it is like a confined that, that was what the... that was more what I was going for with this question. What like a confined location type of yeah. thing for a thriller? Uh, um, what's it? The uh, the Audrey Hep- uh, Wait Until Dark. Um,
1: oh, you're going with like some some classics.
0: It's a good sure. one. I mean, it's a really good one, but it's all, like it's the the final like half hour of that movie is like her and Alan, young Alan Arkin. Um, in this kind of, cause she's blind in that film. Uh, there, there's just a lot going on that really works. Speaking mm-hmm. of the blind, Don't Breathe.
1: Oh yeah. Oh man, I we just talked about this like maybe like two months ago, Aaron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not 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 a great uh, climax there. Which uh, <laughs> which does have a sequel that has been filmed and will come out next year. Is it is it called Please Please Don't Breathe? It?
0: I don't know what is it called. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I like, it. you could have just said Still Breathe or something like that. But your, your thought was. Please don't keep not breathing like yeah, some like exactly. really long title. It jumbled
1: in my head and it became less funny as I said it.
0: I don't know. Please don't breathe. Is uh, please don't breathe. That's just. I think they go with it. Right now it, on IMDb it just says Don't Breathe sequel, which is really funny to me. Because uh, okay. as you know, most most movies I think would be better if they're just called Untitled Don't Breathe movie, something like that. Like that just be the preferred choice. I don't think-
1: movies like yeah. when, Dead,
0: when like Deadpool 2 was coming out for the longest time it didn't they have a title and it was just called T- untitled Deadpool sequel yeah. I was like that, that's the funny. That's that's so thing fitting it, for the series yeah. also
2: <laughs> I was so mad when they didn't just leave that like yeah. come on it's right there it's uh-huh. right there guys exactly it's like it's yours for the taking <laughs>
0: untitled don't uh, Deadpool
2: sequel <laughs> the sequel is actually going to be called don't breath <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's how it just, they, added
1: e. just <laughs> yeah they they'll add just use little. the
0: same they'll use the same poster from when some guy like misprinted the first time and printed out a thousand copies <laughs> right
1: <laughs> would you say no country for old men is a cat and mouse movie sorry no country for old men is a cat and mouse movie there, yeah
0: there's a lot of cat and mouse in it for sure as far as like uh, josh Brolin and and um anton sugar uh, go throughout that movie there's a lot of back and forth <laughs> Especially that, like, that hotel sequence is one I of the no, most that, tense that's, that's sequences in all the movies. Anyway. <laughs> I, I love the part where he's, like, he's just waiting at the door and then the lights go out <laughs> and you're like, okay, I don't like what's going on here now. <laughs> it's so, like, the bil- if you, like, if you want to talk about movies of great sound design, it's the very specific sound his silent shotgun has, where oh, there's yeah. a part in that, like, earlier in that same scene where you hear it go off very slightly, so you know he's there, but, like, you have to you have to really be paying attention, and like even Josh Rowland, like kind of know he thinks he heard something, and then it's like the footsteps down the. It's such a masterwork of tension that movie, it is. like that sequence, is, and it doesn't like, end there up. because it continues out in the street. It, yeah, and, it goes on and on, <laughs> and it gets really
1: hard for everybody. And I was really caught off guard by the driver. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay,
0: this yeah. is how we're gonna do this. <laughs> All right, next question. What are some great films about being trapped? Luke ha- Luke Thompson, friend of the show, has Saw. And Chris has The Cube. This the is cube. where, yeah, this is
1: where Philip has buried. I was going to say, I should have yeah. saved buried for this. <laughs> I didn't know that it was coming session. up
0: either.
2: <laughs> should have saved. And, and know, he, yeah. he
0: also runs this podcast with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, films about being trapped.
1: Checking like, physically or? or <laughs>
0: Either to... either way.
1: Mm, I guess, yes. Uh,
0: mm. What's it? The Cell. Thing of Vince Vaughn movies. With JLo? With, with you know, oh, both Vince Vaughn and, and Vincent D'Onofrio. The good tar-son, old uh, Tarsum. I watched it again not too long. Ago, but that, My mom really liked that movie a lot. It's a great art direction film for sure. Yeah. And also just kind of freaky as far as what it's doing. Uh, but, I mean, you're trapped in the mind of a serial killer. That's a good premise. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: Speaking just like of which, Last Week's Freaky.
0: Exactly. Speaking of which, Silence of the Lambs. Also another trapped movie. There you go. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say well. uh, one of
2: the more. Uh, like hor- not horrific, but like act- legit scarier uh, experiences I've had in a the theater would probably be The Strangers. Oh um, yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, not no, I didn't no, know this. No, no,
0: he's, he's not me. he's not a fan yeah. because of how effective it is. How how oh, good okay. it is? Epic it, yes. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> like
1: how creepy these people are because it could happen to me at any moment. <laughs> yeah. That one. Um, movies about being trapped a mile. You ever wake up and you're just like, you know, you want to live up here. Are you down here?
0: Yeah, I mean, your palms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti.
1: Yeah, vomit out in your shirt already. I don't know.
0: <laughs> and that was a no movie. There was no Mackay Pfeiffer.
1: Yeah, exactly. You better <laughs> lose yourself in the moment. The
0: no. Oscar
1: It's probably what helped Joe Biden get elected. Is the Eminem ad like t- a day before the election?
0: That's what did it. Yeah that's it that's <laughs> all those undecided votes they're like well now <laughs> oh now now that they have the,
1: the, the m M&M song
0: <laughs> well now yeah
2: i love slim shady <laughs> <laughs> you really stood up for democracy <laughs> there you go uh um, i right
1: was in. i was gonna
2: throw in uh, 127 yeah. hours uh, oh that yeah, movie, yeah, that's a great, yeah, great. That was, that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. It was like right. the prime example, but yeah. Yeah, that movie is still
1: very effective uh, because whenever he gets to, you know, where he decides to to do his thing, and then you get to the sound design uh, mm-hmm. on the nerve, and I'm just like, I I get so nervous just watching it again. So
2: yeah, yeah. you don't even need to. You don't have to talk about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good point. Good point yeah it, uh, is a, uh, right, uh, it, it was right one to hit the right chords too because of just certain things yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh it's like, good stuff yeah. uh, also Castaway. oh yeah, to, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> i mean i think that 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 skating blade is quite large to do some surgery in your mouth but who do what do i know
0: i, I mean i watched him do it so <laughs> you saw you watched him pass out I mean, he had, the, he had the the ice skating blade, and he had a rock, and he put it next to his mouth, and, it, you know, he did it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, sad mumbles. Remember when we all gathered in theaters, we were like, we're going to see Castaway. And then you're, like, in a packed house, an opening weekend of Castaway, and you're like, here's a scene where Tom Hanks does his own root canal. What's <laughs> crazy is that, like,
1: I don't think that I'm going to be comfortable for, like, another year uh, b- before I sit next to somebody in the theater. Uh-huh. Um, and even then, I'm going to be like, should I wear my mask? Uh, so. I'm just
0: thinking of how things have changed, where it's like, now we gather so we can see, I know. you know, like Iron Man and everybody on screen at once. But before, the blockbuster numbers were coming in because Tom Hanks was giving himself dentistry. Oh, before. oh, that. <laughs> that's, that's my thoughts. Right. Yeah. Because you, you probably wouldn't get that as much now. You probably wouldn't pack a theater being like, watch this movie where Tom Hanks, yeah. you know, does his own thing with his teeth.
1: Well, you know, people were like, oh, Helen Hunt's doing movies now. Let's go see that.
0: Yeah, after, yeah, in two thousand, after she already won her Oscar, they're like, "Oh, am doing or movies." As good as it gets, yeah. She's
2: like, "Oh, she's making the transition from TV to movies." Uh, we are also right. get, you know, it's it's the witches from Zemeckis now, so They're not anything, yeah.
0: So, yeah, re- things have really changed for Robert. Zemeckis. Things have really changed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the witches. That, that was that was pre his uh, whole uh, motion capture phase, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was like pre uh. uh what is that Grendel movie?
2: Uh, Beowulf,
0: which works. Beowulf, rocks.
1: yeah. Thank you, yeah. Um, well, the next question is, what are some great films about characters who discover something evil going on underneath the surface of their lives? Chris has Ghostbusters, and Irene writes, They Live.
0: They Live's a great example. Ghostbusters is a funny example. It's like, yeah. I guess, yeah, they're ghosts. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, That was my exact reaction. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that <laughs> works. Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> what if we woke up what? and it was just like, oh there's ghosts now? <laughs> Who are we gonna call? Uh, at <laughs> this point. Sure, why not? You know? right. I mean, we were supposed to get like in your area, they're supposed to the like, Ghostbusters Aftermath, right? They're to this you know, Ghostbusters in the Midwest. Is that what they're gonna do? Know. You've seen that we've talked about the trailer for Ghostbusters. Was it After. in the Midwest? where do you think that movie was? They're like,
1: yeah, like there's I don't know, guys. maybe like maybe like some Fresno. Fresno <laughs> It's in a major state, you know, just off off the beaten track. I don't know. Okay.
2: <laughs> Here's a question just for me, and I, this might be derailing too much. You're but fine. No, how, how weird is it for you guys when you see – like is it a, even a, – this may be a non-issue, but is it weird when movies aren't set like in or around California or Los Angeles or something? Or is it just like, oh, duh, it's fine? Yeah, no, I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Is it okay. weird when a movie's yeah. not set around California? Or is it? Yeah, like is, it, or some like major city. Like, is it? Is it? Is there like a? I don't know what I'm no, trying I, to get at. I think I
1: think oh, no, more, like, more like, more like mo- Whenever more. they like do like a title card that says like, you know, let's say like Des Moines, Iowa, and it's I weirdly also thought of Des Moines. Like, I don't know why. Did you? <laughs> yes, <I> did. <laughs> but it's like when, when they do that title card, and the, it's clearly like. Toronto, or it's clearly like Vancouver, you're just like, I don't like this. But when it's like Fargo, like, you know, a Coen Brothers Fargo, yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, show me
0: that, you know. So, okay. Oh, right, well, yeah. yeah, that makes
2: sense. <laughs> Specifically, it's like, great in my mind. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 More when stuff came up like that. You're just like, what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> what yeah okay okay uh yeah that was that's probably a stupid question now that i, no, I like it. think about it, actually but i was just like i wonder if that's weird for that because like i'm just used to every, everything not being any like if there's mention of something like related to arkansas in a movie i'm like oh yeah awesome yeah but, you that's know, how i was on so the condition to that
1: yeah <laughs> there was like one like, there was one x-files episode that did have fresno and obviously it had aliens in it Mm -hmm. who were who were like just like hanging out like in the fields of fresno and i was like yeah this is cool that fresno's here but also why why did they do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well like part of what attracted me to brian johnson's brick is that it's set in san clemente which is like 15 minutes south of me and it looks like (laughs) they definitely shot it there well it's in san clemente shot there.
1: (laughs) i was like i'm pretty sure i've passed by a lot of those places So, all right but, cool okay that makes sense. sorry you're, no you're please good. yeah this show is all about tangents uh so <laughs> the next question is uh what are some great f- oh no i'm sorry did you guys have any uh, other uh uh evil going on under the surface uh, i'd, I'd
0: throw in a, a poltergeist sure uh, another okay. ghost movie. Um, my my thought immediately went to um, Blue Velvet because it literally opens up a shot of showing you something underneath the surface as a metaphor for what's going to happen in the rest of the movie. Oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> next question we have here. How do you feel about the various developments with movies that were originally scheduled for theaters, such as Run? Soul and Wonder Woman are going streaming. Others have moved to next year. Some have paywalls. Others don't. Thoughts? Chris writes, it's a real tough one. I'm currently sitting on my bum at home after ankle surgery, get well soon, Chris, so very happy to watch new movies, but I do prefer to watch big films like Wonder Woman on a big screen, but they also need to try and make some cash, so I fully understand them going to the VOD, streaming route, etc. Hopefully, once we're all COVID-free, the cinemas may be able to still show some of these films. Also, if the companies could keep holding back and films are still being made, could there be a saturation when normality returns so films make less money as well? First of all, again, get well soon. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, there's, there's, he's he's unpacking a lot there, and like obviously yes, obviously the 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 grand thought is hopefully everything goes you know oh you know COVID goes away and everything's deemed safe and we can go back to theaters and do the thing that we like doing like that's obvious whether you know whether or not there'll be a set like next year because so many movies have moved yeah there's a lot and even now despite the fact that movies aren't opening in theaters there's a ton of streaming stuff that's like every week there's a lot of stuff that's getting launched regardless of how popular it is which does feel like is there room for all of this are people gonna like are things gonna be discovered based off how much stuff there is like i reviewed like seven movies this week and it's like who's gonna see all of these like like, how is this how are they ever going to get attention how are and like i know some people working that as far as like the industry goes it's like oh yeah this person was in that thing or whatnot but for a general audience like where's the familiarity going to come from if they can't see everything so it's a it's a tricky scenario i will say next year while it does seem like there's a lot it's actually the summer is actually still pretty spread out as far as things that have moved Um, there's a lot there's a lot there because it's just everything that was coming out this year mostly comes out next year now um, but it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about the, po- the potential for things.
2: Yeah. I, I will add that I, um, living in a less, you know, uh, less populated area than, than you guys. Obviously I have been to a, a theater twice, um, since March and, um, it has, you know, it's obviously there have been very few people there. I went at times, Uh, because of the relationship I have with the theater, I was able to go when it wasn't going to be overly crowded and kind of earlier shows and things like that in order to do our our reviews and things. But, um, uh, you know, I think as long as the theaters continue to take the precautions they are now, you know, and continue to to do that, um, hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. Because like I was telling Aaron before, uh, you started recording today. It's just it's so hard to imagine a world where that uh, where theater going isn't an option. So um, I, I you know I part of me hates that Wonder Woman is going to be available on streaming like and that's how people will see it and you know get their first impression of this huge blockbuster that was made literally made for a big screen like. Um, but uh, but I understand at the same time like there is going to be. So much pushed back and so much to be released still in theaters next year that, um, you know, there might ne- not have necessarily been the breathing room to to just automatically shift everything a year later. So um, I get it from, you know, a business standpoint and in a lot of facets. But, uh, yeah, part of, just like the 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 guy that loves going to the movies uh, for the experience of it is, is pretty bummed about about that. Uh, a lot of the streaming stuff
0: speaking to wonder woman specifically i mean i i can get that being a and like yes it would have been better served on a big screen which it still basically is just very limited obviously yeah for obvious reasons but i mean the other thing is like wonder brothers they scheduled this movie for december 2019 then it moved to november 2019 then it moved all the way to june 2020 then august 2020 and then october 2020 so it's like I get what their position is where they can't just keep moving this thing that's been filmed right. multiple years ago at this point And it's going to be, you know, delayed so long. So I get why, you know, it's not like they were like, let's just do it. Like they had to make, it's not a hard, it's not an easy decision to make. So I, I see yeah, where they're yeah. coming from with that. And, you know, if that dovetails towards, you know, a, a, a influx of HBO max subscribers, like I get the business aspect of that as well, between that and justice league. It's like, well, they, they're certainly right. capitalizing on something, the bigger worry there is well when dc movies come out our audience is going to be now like predisposed to thinking they can just go see them on, on at home they don't have to go anywhere like that's a for an industry that's for, for an industry where the biggest genre in the world is superhero movies that presents an interesting conundrum for them i think
1: and that's kind of where i i'm starting to think more toward like this home cinema type situation is Maybe the maybe the studios just capitalized on a lot of different avenues, right? So yes, you do have next year is going to be packed in terms of all these movies that have been delayed. But like what Aaron was saying, it seems like they've, they've smartly spaced out the the large tentpole movies. Uh-huh. Um, but even with that, you know, because we have become so familiar with premium VOD, maybe it's a situation where James Bond is released. I mean, I know it's going to be released uh, on on Apple TV Plus, but. Using it as an example, if it was released in theaters, you keep it th- for its theatrical run, but then like a week later, you also charge like thirty-five dollars for you to see it online at home. Which um, is kind so, of so what
0: they—I mean—price points aside, that's kind of what what Universal's deal struck with AMC, where it's like like Freaky we mentioned last week—it's in yeah. theaters now, and then seventeen days later, it's going to be on on demand for a premium right. for a premium VOD price. So it's like, and I you mean, know that's probably going to be the. standard model
2: right yeah yeah yeah.
1: and i feel like that's probably the the best way for you to like make money while still allowing people who want to see these in in safe theater environments to see them in safe theater environments um until everything more or less quote unquote becomes more standardized and normalized where uh everyone just goes to the theater again like in 2022 or something like that which is so strange for us to say that because that's like two years away (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, Hey, by the way, you know what? Yeah. Come see it in theaters. We're only going to make like 20 million bucks, but we're also gonna make 50 million bucks from people watching at home repeatedly. Right. So, um, all that together, we'll finally make like some of our budget back. And I, I won't have to build that. Like, who's the company that that's going under because they're, they're like, is it Warner brothers or is it, um, MGM? Say that again? Is MGM the one that's, like, like really underwater? They're betting
0: a lot oh. on Bond? Oh, yeah. It's MGM. for sure. MGM, Yeah. yeah. Okay. They, yeah. They, they're in a weird position where, like, I'm sure iTunes or, sorry, Apple and um, Netflix are, like, piling up money <laughs> to be like, we want Bond. We can yeah. give it to you. And so the debate there where it's like, well, we could take all this money or we could really li- rely on whatever share we get from the eventual, you know, theatrical release, which internationally is going to be huge. Like, and depending right. on where right. things are of COVID in April, could still be huge domestically, so I mean we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean uh, you just brought in another
1: factor, right? Well it's like just release it internationally first then. Right? So US will be I mean, just like yeah. the last place to get it. So thanks a lot, everybody who's not wearing their mask. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um well that's a very thoughtful question. The last question is from one of our guests to our to us here today. Chris asks everybody on the panel here today. Is it too early to watch Christmas movies? Do you guys wait until after Thanksgiving? Just watching
0: Rare Exports. Yeah, Rare Exports is... <laughs> that, that, it, that falls in that untraditional Christmas movie category because it is <laughs> not a family-friendly film. <laughs> um, uh, do you guys watch Christmas movies early? I mean, I'll
1: whenever I'm feeling like I kind of want to watch a Christmas movie, I'll try and find a Christmas movie online at any point in time. Like I think like in April, I was like, I kind of really want to watch a Christmas story. And it's not (laughs) anywhere. But still, I was like, I tried. So I think only in October is when you really probably shouldn't watch a Christmas movie. And even then, it has to be Krampus. (laughs) That's right.
2: Yeah. I mean, we we decorated last weekend and, and in the background had on the Santa Claus. So, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's just one of those things We usually don't decorate until after You know, after Thanksgiving And mm-hmm. stuff like that But uh, this year it's just been kind of like Yeah, let's do something that's uh, Supposed to be joyous so, Or at least fill us <laughs> with joy You know So Yeah, we went as, ahead and
0: As we all know, I only watch Hanukkah movies And since there's only three of those um, <laughs> It's a, you know, I just really wait Eight hey, crazy nights, what's the other two? <laughs> the Hebrew Hammer uh-huh. And um, by default, even though it's a Passover movie uncut gems now, but uh, no okay, I, right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean I do I watch Christmas movies early? That really I mean depends. I mean, I'll watch Die Hard <laughs> like it's, it's different or lethal weapon or mm-hmm. Kiss bang bang they' all, all they're all Christmas movies technically, but I mean, do I watch movies that are specifically tailored towards people that are celebrating Christmas uh, with like the family and all that kind of stuff? Not really. I don't. I tend to watch a certain time of year. Um, okay. It feels less of a less of a subgenre compared to like horror films, which I can watch any time of year because uh, okay. they're not specifically about Halloween. Nor does it matter. Like it doesn't matter yeah. that it's on mm-hmm. Halloween to watch a movie, nor does it matter that it's on Christmas to watch a movie. But like it just, you know, there's something about that kind of thing where I just I don't feel the need to be like let me put one of these on right now. There's there's so many movies out there. So
1: yeah. Well, good. Thanks for the question there, Chris.
0: Yeah question and uh, that was out, out of feedback
1: feedback be feedback be feedback be
0: be back. and with that in mind that's gonna do it for this week's episode um you can find all my work in my personal blog the code uh everything i do ends up over there you can also find my move reviews at we live entertainment Bluer reviews at ysblue.com and occasional interviews for variety and variety um also my twitter at aaron's ps4 abe
1: you can find more fun stuff over my instagram abe.mua and twitter.com slash walrus Hashtag Aaron and I are playing a scavenger
2: hunt.
0: <laughs> Philip Price, we're going to be able to find more of you
2: online. Um, you can read my written reviews at reviewsfromabed.com. You can also check out Initial Reaction on YouTube, which um, unfortunately isn't as frequent these days because of uh, the lack of movies coming out in theaters and theaters uh, you know, being open or closed or in you know that flux. But uh, once theaters are open... Uh, we will definitely be bringing new reviews of the biggest releases in video format on Initial Reaction, so definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's the Bandy Price, B-A-N-D-Y-Price, so appreciate it. And thank you guys again for
0: having me. I, I, I've, I've had a blast. Great. Well, good to
1: have you on. Oh, well, yeah.
0: And uh, you can follow the, all the other episodes about Now OutNowAuthernity on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, or H-H-W-O-D. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcasts at gmail.com.
1: Right on our Facebook wall, Facebook.com slash Podcast, or tweet at us at twitter.com slash underscore podcast.
0: And of course our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Once again, thank you, Philip, for joining us this week. Thank you, Philip. It's always great to have you on. Yeah, no, thank you guys. And um that's gonna do it. So until next time, so long.
1: And goodbye. Nowhere to run. On the trailer for run haven't seen the trailer but i going mean, i guess it starts off with like hey mom oh you got me the chocolates oh yeah oh well your your uh, your blood sugar's a little bit too high oh that's okay
0: what she seems oh. like she's morphing more and more into mr hanky oh uh, yeah I, I <laughs> <home> it, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then oh um oh, oh sweetie if you had gotten to college i would have given you the letter obvi and then uh
0: now and she's then it, like, it's like marge's like weird cousin
1: <laughs> Hold
0: um
1: and then and then it shifts into like a dark tone i'm sure and the dark tone is like actually i don't know how they would pivot into a dark tone uh probably the pills. probably the pills like oh i got your new prescription dun 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 and then it just gets into like dark
0: weirdness of, like you know stuff <laughs>
1: Shots that you see in their house of
0: just like spooky things. I like when you create trailers. Your mind is rooted in like mid nineties. Like that's where, that's where it stops for you as far as like how these things would happen.
1: Yeah. Dun
0: dun going, dun. I'm going off of sitting with the enemy. <laughs> I think you are kind
2: of right there. <laughs> I think it. I think it. It definitely has the chocolate bit in there, and then it does. It does transition with the her like peeling the the prescription label off the bottle <laughs>
1: <laughs> bang <laughs> i think we've seen so many movies <laughs> that we know how the trailers <laughs> are